Bootstrapped Web 2024. Jordan, Happy New Year, buddy. Happy New Year to you. We've got a, uh, a blank canvas ahead of us. <laughs> a new start, if you a will. A new start. A new day. <laughs> Another year. Oh, man. Yeah, so I just got back last night. Where were you? I was in Washington, D.C. Oh, with cool. my uh, sister-in-law and her family. And then we were in New York with my brothers uh, and their families and my mom. Very nice. And our school district has off this week. Oh, that's right. You got that crazy yes. school so district. So we were fully off and it has made for a pretty awkward transition for me because everyone's pumped up at the company. Everyone's ready to, you know, get out of the gate. But I'm I'm the only one with kids that are off this week, so mm. I'm still traveling, so I feel guilty. And today's my <laughs> first day back at work, which is Friday, and so yeah. it's really just a bunch of meetings and getting caught up. So I'm a little out of sync with everyone else. They got back on Tuesday yeah. on the second and started going, and now I'm catching up, and I f it feels pretty awkward. But I gotta just go through. How about you? That's cool. Yeah, uh, you know, back to full-time work just like everyone else around January 2nd. But um, we did a quick family trip up to Vermont in between Christmas and New Year's uh, to try to go ski. We, we did go skiing for half a day in the foggy, rainy, uh, mm -hmm. not enough snow weather in the Northeast. Um, but, you know, my kids, they only really need like half the mountain anyway. So that, that worked just fine. They, they still had a blast. And the Airbnb had a Nintendo Wii, and they were they were thrilled about that. So. Yeah, they're all good. Um, <laughs> great. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you know, other than that, pretty low key. Um, working my ass off, trying to tried to take a little bit of time off around the holidays, and I did with the road trip. But um, you know, still grinding. That's that's the story. Still grinding. It's another year, but it, it feels like just another week. Just, but you know what? I, I we we we'll get into it. But I really did feel like I turned the corner in terms of which business I'm focusing more time on now. Okay. You, you um, feel a little more sorted in your head on where the energy and priorities and that, that's what yeah. the last two weeks for me felt like this, like a calming. And then as I get more energy to go into this month, just trying to go at it from a, an organized mind. Yep. Same As opposed here. to the, the chaos that, you know, the end of the year, just everything just starts falling apart. And, uh, and, then, I, and then I wasn't home. And, and I, I still have some things to do from the time, you know, that I wanted to wrap things up. But it feels like an, an organized, focused mind was the really important thing for me. Yeah, um, definitely the same thing. And also, like, the end of 2023 marked the end of three full years of working on the Clarity Flow business uh, full time with no other things in my portfolio during that time. Um, and, and we launched clarity flow commerce, uh, like a few days before Christmas in December, um, which was a big, big deal for, for the roadmap. Uh, it, yep. you know, I, I had been talking about that. It's been like, you know, that's our big stripe integration. It lets coaches like sell products through, through clarity flow. Um, uh, Works really well. It's, we spent many months on it, and it just felt great to get that out right before the end of the year. Um, and but that that marks, in my mind, like a, a big milestone in in this business, which is like that takes us to quote unquote feature complete. There's little things that we're going to keep shipping throughout the the year coming up, um, but you know, uh, it, it also met a pretty good response uh, from customers. We had a bunch of new signups like happen right around Christmas and New Year's uh, as a result of of Clarity Flow. So uh, Clarity Flow Commerce. So like despite the, the holidays, people were still signing up, um, which I think should spill into a nice little bump in here in January. Uh, but it'll be really interesting to see, like I'm already seeing here in the first week of January, like, you know, responses to our outreach campaigns and things and people are signing up and um, people are much more engaged with, with the product, which results in more onboarding support for me and things like that. But, um, but all that to say, I'm, I'm actively still in the mindset of like, okay, Clarity Flow is now becoming one SaaS business that is sort of a, a, a side focus for me now. I, I'm now for all intents and purposes, like full-time focused on a new business. 
and that's that's the that's the plan in twenty twenty four. Start up something new, and I can I can get much more into it. I actually came up with a new name for this business and okay. everything that, that um, and uh, we can get into it. But um, the the challenge and the pressure that I'm feeling is sort of as expected. It's still managing multiple businesses, and I have a couple hours a day that I do have to attend to some clarity flow work. Um, but I'm trying to put the majority of my hours into YouTube content and, um, and planning and building out this new brand and, and the game plan on this business. And, and part of this is, is bringing in some first revenue through some advising. Uh, I'm doing some like product strategy advising with some SaaS companies now. Um, and, uh, and so that's, that's on the plate as well. So it's like, it's, it's really a, a matter of, managing my time day to day. And that's, it's a, it's a big challenge to be honest, but, but it's, it, that's, that's where I've ended up. That that's what sort of has to be done. I, mm-hmm. I don't see another path forward other than doing this. And it's like, I know exactly what I'm doing. It's, it's not like, um, I, I've, I've moved through the strategic decision-making and choices and uh, option a option B that, that all happened over the last three months. Mm-hmm. I've settled on a direction. Now it's just, execute time just go yeah which is uh, a better place to be than a bunch of uncertainty yeah um okay yeah for uh from my side of things i i feel a you know, pretty significant amount of pressure uh internally you know like self-generated pressure it's not it's not the market it's not investors it's the company and the people and the goals internally uh it could also, I mean, definitely has something to do with today's the first day I'm back at work in like two weeks. And that just, so it's a bit of a hectic day in terms of, you know, trying to get the to-do list sorted. Um, I'll definitely do some work this weekend to make progress, to almost make myself feel better that I, I'm getting further along. Hmm. But when I, when I talk to people on the team, everyone's very, very excited and everyone's very focused and everyone wants to get out of the gate the right way. But the best thing we can do for ourselves is have a good January. That's that's the best thing we can do. So we don't yeah. feel like we're behind right away. It feels like we're ahead right away. But I, the, I've, I got a quick, uh, maybe it's like a therapy question for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you you talked about like this. You, you put this pressure on yourself, um, uh, and the way that you deal with that is by putting in some extra hours this weekend. Is that is that your because that very much resonates with my struggle that I always, I always feel like I'm, I'm behind and, and I put a ton of pressure on myself and I usually deal with that by putting in more hours than I would like to in general. Um, and that, that looks like putting in hours during the weekends, putting hours while we're at an Airbnb on vacation. It looks like not like, like I would love to have a business where I could just take a month off or a week off and, and feel like, oh, the business is steady going, mm-hmm. but I, that's not a reality. So I feel like I have to work those extra nights or extra days. And uh, is that, is that your, how do you think about that? Yeah, that, that's not my typical response, mm-hmm. uh, but it feels like now what I want is to be at peace with the pressure and allow it to bring out good work mm. right as opposed to feeling that pressure and feeling bad about not doing enough or whatever the negative version of the responses i want it to be the positive version i want to say hey the salespeople are pumped up the sdr you know product everyone's really excited and Everyone has their role, and I am not outside of that individual contribution, which means I have pressure from my colleagues. And it's not pressure. They're not looking at me saying, like, hurry up and do this. I just don't want to let them down. So that gets me into a place where I want to go beyond the normal hours and dip into the weekend and whatever else. My, my normal response is let me confine it to the workday. Mm-hmm. And if I need pressure, it's to be more effective during the day. It's not to let it leak out all over the place. I did that for a while where it leaked out into the evenings. Yeah. And what I found myself doing was effectively putting things off until the evening. 
I'd say this is a task that requires 20 or 30 minutes of straight focus. And I can do that better when in the evening than now. So let me add it to my tonight list. And that became unhealthy because then I was just constantly tired and constantly feeling guilty and constantly moving things from one list to another. And that, that just yeah. did not work well for me. Yeah, I, I hear that. I mean, I don't, I don't really generally don't let things bleed into the night. That is usually like dinner time and onward is relaxation time usually. Um, but the, I think the thing that I'm dealing with now that that's generally just how I deal with that, that sort of pressure is like, I just set these like arbitrary deadlines for, for all these different things that I like, Oh, but cause I have a trip coming. I've got big snow, tiny conf coming up in like two weeks from now. And I'm thinking about like actually a two back-to-back trips, like starting two weeks from now. And so I'm just thinking about all the things that I want to have either shipped or produced or ready to go before I head on these trips. And, and that, then I just start to set like, all right, well, if I'm going to ship these things in two weeks, then I need to be shipping this this week. And that means every day counts here and I can't finish my day until I do this or that. And and the, and the also the challenge, again, is that I'm, I've got clarity flow work. I've got this new business work. I've got, um, you know, things going on that I still set deadlines as if I have a single business. Uh, it, it's mm-hmm. almost like what, when I set deadlines for this new business, like I want to, I want to produce X number of YouTube videos, or I want to launch this site by next Tuesday or something like that. I'm, I'm just looking at that in the confines of this one business, but I'm like just ignoring the fact that like, oh, but there's going to be this support task on clarity flow or this, or I got to give my developer something to do for the rest of the week. That's going to take me a couple hours. Like I'm just ignoring all these extra responsibilities. And that's, that's where things start to pile up. It's really annoying. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think that's, you know, normal regardless of, of what happens in terms of how many businesses or different projects or anything like that. Um, there are always a very small handful of the most important things. And then a dozen or two dozen or more other things conspiring to get in the way. Yep. Uh, the, the way I'm, Looking at that is like, I, I'm almost thinking of myself as an individual contributor on certain things where I'm saying, that's my primary job. I have mm-hmm. secondary jobs. Right now, I happen to be a marketer. So the most important thing that I can do in the company is work with the designer to refresh the website so that it more accurately describes what we're offering. Getting things into the hands of the go-to-market team, like PDFs and landing pages of these new things that we're offering, working with the marketing agency to get LinkedIn ads running. So that, that I feel like is like, you have to do your primary job before you go off and do any side project, side quest, side tasks. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I say pressure from the team, it's really like, well, what we've identified, the most important thing for us to get out of the gate in a, in a strong way is to increase pipeline, right? Not, not like just deals closed or something like that, just new opportunities in the pipeline. What does that look like? What, what are you doing? Right. So, so right. There's, you have to think through, okay, well, what efforts like, can you want to hire, you know, four SDRs at once or look to an outsource team that, you know, that allows you to, um, Hire SDRs very quickly, right? That's one way to do it. I don't think we're going to end up doing that. I, I, I've not had success with that. Um, there's different channels. So one of the ways that we can increase pipeline and the opportunities is to have our AEs uh, do more prospecting this month. Yeah, I was going to say, like, maybe, like, instead of just, like, is it, a, like, what is the limiting factor? Is it, like, it, it doesn't seem like one, like, one SDR is maxed out, right? Like it's, it's like, how can we get more pipeline out of each person who's already doing this? Right, out of each one, or do we want to hire another one? You know, I'm, I'm generally feeling an aggressive stance is right in terms of spending money and resources. So there are events, there are a lot of events in the first half of the year around e-commerce. So there's NRF that's in two weeks. Then we, we're sponsoring a few more, uh, one that's in Phoenix and another one after that. Uh, I don't know if it's Minneapolis or somewhere else, but we have like six of those coming up for the year. Then there's shop talk. So that's another, that's one channel. And then a a channel that I'm very interested in is, is the LinkedIn ads uh, and increasing 
budget is a very efficient way. I don't yet know the results, so I don't know <laughs> what comes back from that, but at least that's a channel that we can just say, you know what, add 50% to the budget. Hopefully that adds. So that is my, uh, my primary <laughs> focus is okay. If everyone around me is saying we want more opportunities where, you know, we did a demo today, felt so good. Like first day back, do a demo and the prospect is like, I'm good. I'm ready to buy. Like, yeah. I don't need any more. Tell me what you need to know. What questions do you have? Here's how it works. The CEO is on board. The CEO is actually the person that forwarded me the email and asked me to look into it. So the CEO is already on board. Like, I just need price. So that, right, that's like as many of those conversations as possible, please. Yeah. Um, so it feels like we have a good opportunity to get a deal closed in the next, you know, call two weeks or so to actually get something signed. Nice. Uh, but everything is focused on pipeline. So there are things that must be done immediately on the to-do list. And then a little bit beyond that, it's thinking creatively around like, okay, should we go to events? Should we sponsor a dinner at the event? Should we, like, what other things can we do? Um, there are only so many levers to pull. Yep. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Um, let me talk about this brand name thing. Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, so I think I had mentioned it in previous episodes, my new content business that I'm starting up, I had, I had been working with the brand name that I, I had used called instrumental products. Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to be ditching that name. And I came up with, with a new one, the new name going forward. And, and I, I'm going to say it here, uh, and I have a domain for it, but I don't have a website up. So, and mm -hmm. we plan to publish this episode today. So, when you if if, if you listen today or tomorrow, this is how it works. <laughs> there, there is not going to be a website there. You're going to see the 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 GoDaddy parked <laughs> domain name that I just yeah. bought two days ago. That domain is fullstackfounder.co. Um, okay. And uh, so, Fullstack Founder is the brand name that I'm going to be going with. I I also inquired about the .com. I'm, waiting to see if there's a response about that. But, um, uh, the, so the name full, full, yeah. So the name full, full stack founder is, you know, I'm, I'm helping people become a full stack founder. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, and what, how this came about was I started drafting copy for what, what's going to be the new website. But when I started drafting, I, I was still thinking like it would still live on instrumentalproducts.com. But as I started writing the copy, it just started to like kind of flow out of me. Like the first headline is um, full stack founders are the new superheroes. And, um, and just this idea of like being a full stack founder gives you this unfair advantage to be able to talk to customers, design a product, build and code and ship a product, launch it, bootstrap it without the need to spend a ton of, ton of money on outsourcing or needing to partner or needing to raise a lot of investment just, just to be able to build and ship a product, right? Um, so, you know, that's, that's the journey that I went on. I, I transitioned from just a designer and marketer to full stack product developer, full stack founder. I made that transition about six or seven years ago and, and have been building on that skill set ever since. And, um, and you know, this was this all. As I started writing, I, I think just writing the copy for a homepage of a marketing site is such a great exercise in it's hard in zeroing in on who you're writing to, who your who your target customer is, and that's exactly what happened for me. You know, I, I had been I, I knew that this direction should be um, start, like I, I the starting point was help, help like like product strategy, building products. The product side of businesses is where I'm most interested in spent in, in focusing this business. But as the weeks and months went on, um, in, in starting to work on this, um, and through a bit of coaching, I, I started taking on some coaching clients and I started uh, bringing in some consultant, some like consulting and advising, uh, gigs on product strategy through all that, all that stuff started to filter in like, all right, where do I want to focus my time? And especially since I'm building a YouTube channel now, it's I, like, what is that thing that I'm teaching? What is the journey that I'm taking you on? And, and I feel like the thing that that's most interesting to me and, and has the most legs is helping people become a full stack founder. And so that, 
and a lot of that is built around the idea of like learning to code. Um, so that's going to be the focus and, and like writing, writing that copy and then landing on that name is helping me zero in even more like that's so, you know, um, and I like the name because it, it can, it fits so many, it, it fits all the different potential yeah, you, uh, yeah, you iterations can do products, of this business. You can do software, you can yeah, do coaching, yeah, so like, you can do whatever. So like the, the new website, it's starting out when I when I launch it a few days from now, you're going to see like three ways that I can help you. One is like free videos on my YouTube channel that I'm doing and or you get the free full stack founder newsletter or work with me and I can bring my founder skills to your SaaS company. Um, and pretty soon, like later in the year, there could be a full stack founder courses maybe a full stack founder community. I don't know, maybe that, that could be like the name of a book someday. Like it could, th there are so many different uh, ways that this brand name can be applied, you know? So yeah, that, like that makes a lot uh, of sense. It, it feels very authentic to you. Yeah. And that feels right in terms of, uh, you know, you can just, you can just talk about what you're genuinely most interested in. Um, and yeah, what and I, I like and about I think it was, is uh, it, it yeah, clarifies for the person reading it immediately if it's right for them or not. Yeah, exactly. I think a big, um, a, a key factor when when you're doing this like creator type business is to start to really zero in on a on a theme. Not not only a target customer, but like a theme. Like you know, a couple of years back, like I sort of built a whole thing around productized services. Like the word productize started to become associated with what I'm doing, and. It, and I think I'm trying to do that same sort of playbook here where it's like full stack founder is the concept, the theme that I, that I want you to think of when you think of this brand that I'm building, you know, um, and YouTube, man. Yeah, what? Like, Can you tell me a little bit about YouTube? What, what's dude, what's I, going on? It's, I, I've been learning so much. I actually just published the first two videos on my YouTube channel, which I got the name. So YouTube slash Full stack founder. That's my channel. Okay. Um, I, I still have a lot of work to do on sprucing up this channel and putting the brand stuff on it and everything. But two two videos have published two days ago. I've got two or three more coming next week. Um, I you know they're my first videos of this of this new run, so they're kind of I I feel like they're actually pretty good, but they're I, there are so many things I want to improve in, in future videos. Um, learning a ton about production, you know, about getting the lighting right, the camera, the editing, um, and all of that and the script writing. But I got I just got to tell you, like, this, is this is why I'm excited about investing in YouTube. I published like literally all I did before just talking about it here on this podcast, I did zero promotion of these two videos that I published mm -hmm. about 24 hours ago. So literally just published into- I did, not, I did not tweet them. I did not send them to any email newsletter. Mm -hmm. Just hit publish on YouTube. That's all I did. And in the last 24 hours, they, they both accumulated, like they accumulated like 60 views each. So like 120 new people watching my content. All I did was click publish on YouTube. And after 24 hours. No, 24 no hours. subscribers. No, no that, for YouTube, that's not very many, of course. Sure. But- you cannot say the same thing about like, if I publish a tweet, am I going to get 120 new people? Or if, or, or if I publish a blog post on my website, am I going to get 120 new visitors just by publishing? Like, absolutely not. No, no, like gotta, that, that does it. not happen. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you're spending thousands of dollars on ads or SEO or newsletter or promotion or links to, to get that many eyeballs on your content in 24 hours on YouTube. It's click publish. YouTube serves yes. it to their audience. Like now, obviously, the only, the only way that happens, of course, is if you invest in getting the topic right, getting the thumbnail right, getting the content right. And so that takes a lot of work, of course. But but the the the, the idea is that like if you can put, put the effort in, into the creation side, then YouTube's algorithm does its thing. That's the thing, you know? And And it is more, you're going for the more polished, approach i am yeah that's just what feels right for you in the audience and yeah the target yeah you know um i'm not trying to do it do it 
you know, I, there's always the argument to me like, oh, just throw your iPhone on and do a rough MVP of this thing. And I don't know. I, I, I just want to, I, I like going all in on the creative yeah, side. Do, yeah. You know, well, I think um, continue with the authenticity. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I like it that way. And it's the, the way that the production line looks that I'm trying to build up toward right now is like every week I'm writing a new script. I'm shooting, I'm editing that for, for YouTube. I'm taking that script. I'm, I'm publishing it as an article on fullstackfounder.co. I'm sending it to the newsletter. I'm sending it as a couple tweets. Like that's the production engine. And it all starts with uh, concepts for videos and shooting them as videos. And then it like repurposes out from there. That's, that's the, that's the production. So, and, and, and like big, big picture, it's like, if I can get this engine up and running now, which I'm doing, this is just going to, that this is going to be like the core of this business is this content top of funnel distribution audience thing. And then hopefully by the, by midway through the year, by Q3, I would like to see some audience growth, see who's resonating with, with which topics and see how that translates into some first products to start offering. Pro, um, my guess right now is there'll, there'll probably be some form of courses, but like, you know, later in the year, it's like, let's see how we can monetize this for, for now. Let's just get the distribution engine started, mm -hmm. you know? Fascinating. I'm psyched that we get to talk about this regularly because I, <laughs> I am very interested in that. Yeah. And it feels like it's, di it's different. Uh, YouTube feels a bit more legit than like a, you know, if I, if you did the same thing on TikTok and it showed you had a few hundred views, I don't know if I would believe any of them. Right. Right. You, and you then there's also the question of like, do, do I start getting into YouTube shorts, which is like their version of TikTok? Uh, so far mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not maybe at some point, but right now I'm focusing on what they call long form videos, which are in my case between eight and 12 minutes long, each one. And, uh, that's what I'm doing, you know? Okay. Very cool. My other podcast has been open threads. I'm going to be renaming that to, to be the, the full stack founder podcast. Uh, okay. Same, same concept for the podcast. I'm just going to mm -hmm. rename it, keep it all under the same brand and that'll be that. Yeah. I wonder if you end up having categories of content between, you know, marketing, sales, product, design, development, outsourcing. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm already thinking, like I'm already making a, a big list of topics that I want to do videos about and, and they definitely fall into different buckets. There's like the learn how to code bucket, that, which might do better with like YouTube SEO, people searching for, for technical topics, like sure. learn how to code t topics. And then there's like the whole bucket of like, uh, bootstrapping and, and entrepreneurship and starting up products. Um, there's just the idea of should I learn to code or not and get and, and inspiration and, and, and energizing people to decide to, to learn to code. There's, there's a lot of that type of content in there. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, and then there's the, another bucket of course would be like design too. uh, how to, how to like kind of hack your way through Figma. So you might even have some technical skills, but you want to get better on the design side or, or there's going to be designers who just want to learn the technical skills or, and all of them learning about how to get first customers, how to talk to customers and how to, yeah, how to ship your own products. Anyone who wants to become a more full stack founder is going to be walking in with their specific skill set. Yeah. And then we'll have gaps that they need to address. Exactly. That's the, yeah. that's the, the thinking. And, and the other angle for, for me and, and, and by landing on this name, full stack founder, it's like, there's, there's a lot of content on like how to learn to code for, ranging from beginner to advanced level content out there. Yeah. I assume uh, you're not trying to compete with that, but more really so not. No, the, 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 the difference like I will be teaching a lot of that stuff, but it's from the angle of like, let me teach you just enough to be able to build and ship your own products and bootstrap your own, and not go get hired at, at a tech company. You right, know? right. Um, and maybe recommending places to learn certain things and tools to use. And yeah, yeah. basically all the stuff that you would have to go and research yourself, you're just bringing that directly to the person. Bring, yeah, give, giving you the shortcuts, giving you like, here's what's important to learn and here's what's, you can just get get by with just enough. And 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 here's how to like kind of fill in the gaps or yeah, go use these tools or or, or how to how to hire and, and outsource uh, while knowing enough to, to be able to manage them well and things like that, you know. Cool. Well, to, you know, to go in a, a very different direction, yeah, one of the things, go. yeah, one of the things on, on my mind is um, 
really working backwards from uh, a fundraising effort and looking ahead, call it 12 months, and then thinking through, all right, what do we need to do to get to a place that leads to a successful fundraise? And when I do that, when I because we're not ready for it now, right? We need to get ready for it. And when I work backwards from where we want to be to where we are today, it's a it's a good amount of pressure. It's really uh, what's what's the time frame that you're thinking of here? Just or do, call do you have a time frame? Call it twelve months because it what we want to do is make sure that we are going to market at the optimal time, and that is a combination of when our metrics look good, the natural cycle of the market, right? So there are probably two opportunities to do that. Um, one is like uh, in the fall, right? When VCs get back from their winter, excuse me, from their summer breaks. So September, October, right? It's before Thanksgiving, it's basically between September 1st and like the middle of November, mm-hmm. right? Like that slot you can fit a fundraise into. You don't want to creep into the holidays, um, and the first six months of the year is when people buy and sign. And so you could see how in September you're like, okay, here's how things are going. And it looks like it's on an upswing. That's one potential. The other potential is right around this time of year where our November and December were by far our best revenue months ever. And it's because we did a bunch of selling, we did a bunch of signing and onboarding, and then everything booms for the entire industry in November and December, and everything looks great. So right around now in Q1, call it between like January 15th and the end of the quarter, you could slot a fundraise in there. So my goal is to make sure that we go to market in one of those two timeframes from a position of strength. So... You know, I want a little bit of wiggle room. I don't want to just say, hey, whenever we have three months of money left in the bank, that's when we go fundraising. I would like to avoid that and try to go more on our own terms. Yeah. Um, but it it starts to lead back into a good amount of pressure on monthly goals. I think this might be one of the really uh, big differences between the bootstrapped and the funded route where – Sure, you want to grow and maybe you set metrics and you set um, targets when you're bootstrapped and there's no one looking at those targets besides you and your team. Uh, but it does feel different when those targets are talked about openly at the board level and then are identified as uh, what you need to hit in order to fundraise successfully. And very often the people on your board are directly the people that you're going to be pitching also. So you're, you're performing in public for, for the people on the board that are making investment decisions at mm. the same time. I think that level of pressure around metrics and performance on a monthly and quarterly basis is, is very different. At Cardhook, I just looked at it as, is the company healthy? Are we going yeah. in the right direction? Is cash good? Is profitability good? You know, it was just these health metrics more so than the growth metrics. Do you find, like, when it comes to, like, hitting these these aggressive monthly uh, growth metrics, you know, I feel like there are two big ingredients that either one or both of them have to be there. One is there's just kind of uh, so much demand that, that like marketing and distribution is easy, or you just have a huge marketing and distribution advantage. Um, You know, and how do you think about that? Like, do you see like, is there, is there demand that gives you like the, the headwinds, to, to, to meet, um, but, but you also have this like firepower to go sort of on, on like the, the demand generation side mm-hmm. and the, and, um, yeah. like how, how do you like kind of, yeah, like, like make that formula work. Cause I've, cause I, obviously like that's, that's what I, that, what I've always struggled with. And that's why I end up kind of reverting back to my bootstrapping roots. It's like, um, there, the, like there is demand and people like literally while we're rec- recording here, somebody just signed up and paid for clarity flow. And, <laughs> and so it's like somebody every, almost every day, like finds it and converts, but it's just like the quantity and the flow is not, it, it, you know, it just, it, it's a matter of time and we need more, more of that time for more of those people to, to find it and convert, you know? Yes. Or, or, or you have to spend, you know, to create that, and waste some on the way 
uh, and yeah. you, you know, often not in a and position. He, and, but in, in, in my case, I, whatever people might listen to this and think whatever you want to think, but like, I feel like I have spent a lot yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, dollars and time and, and, and we have campaigns running and they, and they generally work, but again, like they, they work one, two or three conversions a day, not 20 a day, you know? So it's like, right. it, it's I a matter of time. Most companies, I think, I think most companies, ours included, are not in a position where everything's easy and there's a ton of demand and everything's working and you're hitting these aggressive metrics because of that. Like, I, you know, I think for the most part, it's a very small percentage of companies that have that and they're trying to manage that. That's a different form of challenge. But I think most companies, bootstrap, funded, whatever else, is a grind of a, a number of different things and trying to figure out what works best. And, and every month and every quarter is uncertain. Mm-hmm. For, for us, right today, the call we had today that looks like a deal that is pretty likely to close, that was an outbound email sent maybe two months ago. Mm-hmm. And what that means to us is, okay, let's, that's not the first time that's happened. And it's working, so let's stick with it. And we do more of it doesn't make things easy. It just means, okay, we have something, some breadcrumb to follow that yep. this thing works and let's keep dialing it in, changing the message and increase the this and change the data source and whatever else. But that's not enough. So what I see, I see my role as responsible for two elements of demand at the same time. One, to grind to go out and hire SDRs and hire AEs and buy the data sources and the software to get people to be able to reach out and then do the partnership thing and then you know have a biz dev person that's reaching out to agencies and reaching out to platforms. And that feels like the grind. That yeah. is what has to be done on a weekly basis to claw toward progress. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, what can you do that compounds the efforts? that makes the one X effort equal two X impact. Yeah. And on that front, it is what does the messaging say on the ads? Don't just give me this generic, hey, you need a better checkout. Like how do we look at that and challenge ourselves to be more hard hitting on the messaging and the positioning, right? That's like where the your checkout sucks, but it's not your fault type of a message. And Right now we have we have an X factor. I didn't really mean to talk about this on on this podcast, but you know why not? <laughs> uh, we're going to get into it this month anyway. What what we what we found a few weeks ago, we had a bit of a product breakthrough, and what that what that meant is that we have figured out a way to offer the marketing features of our product without the adoption of the entire checkout platform. So we have people that we talk to uh, and there's a direct relationship with the size of the merchant. The bigger the merchant, the more complex. Mm-hmm. What that often means is they are interested in what we're doing, but they have difficulty adopting the entire checkout platform and yeah. replacing their checkout. Like getting their whole tech team on board and all that and finance and payments and fraud and the business side and tech and everything else. It's, it's a big hurdle to get over. Mm-hmm. They're still interested in our marketing features, specifically our order bumps, which are the offers that show themselves on the checkout page, and the post-purchase offers, which are the offers that show up after the shopper clicks the buy button. So we have figured out a way to separate those two from one another, not those two, the marketing features from the checkout page. Yeah. And so what we have now is the ability to sell just the marketing features while the merchant can keep using their existing checkout page. I love it. That was not the original vision of the company. The original vision of the company is outsource your checkout to us, here's why. And yep. the merchant today on that sales call that I'm talking to, they came to us and said, we wish we could go to Shopify, we sell into a category that is banned from Shopify. 
And we can't go there and we hate our checkout on Magento and we saw yours and it looks just like Shopify's and, we, and that's what we want. Just tell us how much. Mm. Cool. Other times we talk to merchants, oftentimes the bigger merchants, if you're doing $500 million a year, to switch your checkout is, is massive. So we want to be able and we now have figured out how to tell that merchant, here are the marketing features that will increase your revenue. You don't need to change anything. It'll just work with your existing checkout, your existing payments, your existing fraud, tracking, whatever else. And then the, the thinking is that's a much easier sell and a much easier onboard. And then it also that, creates that land pool. and expand. That's right. Strategy. It creates a yeah. pool for potential upselling over the next 6, 12, 18 months. Yeah. So that's the type of thing that falls into the second bucket. It's not the grind of every week. It's the rock. How do we do it? Jess, how can we figure it out? What, why is this working? What can we do? Let's think differently. And then there's like a breakthrough. And now how do we bring that to the go-to-market team with the uh, assets that they need, a landing page, a video, and a PDF to go out and get five beta customers, get results, and then expand from there. I love that. I mean, because that's that's literally like responding to what what you and your team are hearing from prospects. It's like the, the, this is what brought us here. This, this is what we actually want to implement, and then and then doing. It. I mean, you know, and, and then yeah, that that land and expand, man. It's yeah, it's it's a bit of a Look, it is a, it is a compromise from the original vision, but who who cares? I feel like almost every right. every business needs to needs to pivot in some way. To it's not even a it's, pivot is the wrong word, but like dial in the thing that it's, that's going to result in more conversions. You know, like that right. was the, that was the whole zip message to Clarity Flow thing, especially mm -hmm. the Clarity Flow Commerce thing, which is like every customer is asking, all right, well, how do I connect this to my payments, or can I do payments through here? And, yeah, it's, it was, it's it was the, no, it's not yet. It was no, not yet. And now it's like, now you can. Yes, yeah. yes. So it's it's in the realm of pivot. It's not pivot. It's adjustment or feedback or whatever you, you know, this learning cycle. Mm -hmm. I had such an interesting experience with it. I have a, a VC who led our seed round and we have a great relationship and they're a seed fund. So they might, you know, throw in a few bucks, but they're kind of not relevant moving forward into the life cycle of our, of our investment stages. Right, they're not going to lead the round like they're a seed fund. That that's their focus, mm -hmm. and because of that, it, it allows he and I to have these very open conversations. Because I'm not, I'm not dancing, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And he's also from Israel, so we connect, and we've talked a lot since October seventh. So we're we're in a good place in terms of like trust and communication. Mm -hmm. And I was having a bit of a down day, uh, at some point in December, when we talked. He and he said, "How are you? You don't seem great." Um. I, we explained everything, and, and at the end of the conversation, what he said was, look, what I can tell you sitting where I'm sitting, um, right where you are with about the runway that you have left and about the revenue and all this stuff, right now is when I see companies come up with their next idea that turns into the actual thing. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I didn't, we didn't have this. We didn't have the breakthrough yet. So I was yeah. like, you know, sounds cool. And then I swear to you, yeah, the, ne the next day. The oh, was next the next day? day. <laughs> next day. Isn't that yep. incredible? Like, it's like some some trigger, like, opens some door just to just to start to, and, and all that, it doesn't give you the idea right away. It's just, it just opens a door to that, that something new can enter into, you know? Slightly different point of view, slightly, yep. I mean, in, in the, you know, the irony, not the irony, whatever. We have thought about this for months. Because we, we get the feedback from merchants. And then we would go to tech and product and we'd say, can we do this? And they would come back to us and say, look, that's like a different product. It takes months to build. That's too risky given where we are. And so, no, we can't do it. And then, and then it took my being slightly more open to it. And really what triggered it was one of our salespeople went off and spoke to one of their existing contacts from a big merchant. And they said, hey, they love it. They want to do it. They're ready to try. But is there any way you could separate this out? Because going the whole way right now is like a big thing for them. If you could just yep. do this, they can get started right away. And All I brought the, that. The dots connect. Yes. And I brought that back <laughs> to Rock. And for whatever reason, Rock was thinking slightly differently on it and uh -huh. said, oh, what if we tried X? And it ended up working. And so that. 
that I happened that, in mid-December, and I, you know, I kind of freaked out, but I didn't want to tell the whole team until we were really sure. So it was just Rock and I being like, is this real? Can we do it? Like, what things do we need to test out? Who do we need to get involved? How much is there to do? And I now, love this now, whole, uh, this gets into like a deeper mental uh, game sort of thing, but the... I've been really reflecting on this. I, I just wrote, uh, it was, it started to be just my 2023 recap blog post. It turned into like a, a couple of, uh, you know, reflection okay. po posts. And one of them was, it, it's just this idea of like opening, like something triggering your mind to open up to thinking about things differently. Like that's what leads to a new direction, a new idea that, that you were not, not necessarily like close to before, but you were just not in the mindset to 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 come into that concept before. Mm -hmm. So like um, like what like back in around October or so is when I really started to analyze the runway on on Clarity Flow and and see and assess all the options from raising more money to selling the business, which I'm not doing, to um, uh, making sure that we're doing everything on on that we can on growth to like. Um, to, to finally landing on, on the concept of like, look, this thing just needs more time to slowly grow. And I need to find a way to, to, to put it on, on, on like a side business that can keep growing and give it what it needs to go long, mm -hmm. long and slow. And so, and, and that was like the, the triggering event for like, all right, but what does that, what does that mean for me? <laughs> um, what do I do now? And then, mm -hmm. and then it started to open my mind to the idea of, well, I, I think I need to start something new. And, and like, cause I, I had, I, before that point in October, I had not been thinking about doing YouTube every day or, or course businesses or, or newsletter or creator businesses. But I, but I started to open my mind to like, what is the most efficient way to grow, to, to getting back on a sustainable path. And so it's like one triggering realization leads to a couple of weeks of, of opening up the mind and then, and then being open to new ideas, you know? Yeah. I, I w when people say, you know, talk to customers, I, I think a lot of the magic around talking to customers is because you, you, th that's a hack toward to get finding new insights. Yeah. Yes. This exact same thing happened with the going from zip message to clarity flow, you know? Um, and like, I, I came, I talked to a ton of customers and then um, that led to, okay, coaches is the thing, is is the target customer. But then even that, I, I still hadn't, I was still cl closed off to the idea of changing the name. It took a couple more months of, I got some advice from people suggesting that I changed the name. I was still resistant to it. Um, but yeah, you, you just hear comments from customers and and how customers are, or interacting with it. And then it's like, well, what if, you know, and then, and then it starts to make total sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, you kick yourself a little bit, but, but it's yeah. important that, that you got there regardless. Um, I got pretty lucky on the timing because we just started this website refresh. I wanted to hear more about that. I mean, yeah. where, where are you at with the website? So, so it's really, it's a challenge. Uh, I, I don't do this often. I don't, I don't have that same muscle as you do in terms of like, I'll write a homepage and it'll be annoying. It'll take me two days. It, it takes me longer. Mm -hmm. So it's been a challenge overall, but it, A, it has to get done. B, people are waiting on it. And so those two things combined make me do my best work. Yeah. The, the challenge, and I've been, I've been struggling looking for examples to, to look to. I find that, that hard too, like, like getting inspiration, like other sites to look at. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a big Rolodex of. Whenever uh, I want to do it, I wish that I had been collecting them for the past year and, <laughs> yes. I, and I haven't. So. Yes. So now yeah. I have like, you know, how I, I have multiple windows on my machine. And, and so one of them is like a Chrome window with like 40 tabs open mm -hmm. of like, I like this homepage. I like this pricing page. I like this yep. feature section. I Exactly. So right now, my challenge is how do you present uh, an offer that shows that people, people have an option? They can use our checkout platform as a whole, or they can use our marketing features with their existing checkout page, it, right? And, and you've done this stuff before, so you know that's kind of a tricky challenge. It is. 
because you're, you're stepping on your own foot, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're saying, <clears throat> you're diluting your message. You're saying, here's this amazing thing, but you don't have to use the whole thing, but you have an option, but this is a, 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 a sweet or yeah. a full solution or this. So I'm looking for examples uh, mm. around that. And I'm, we're trying to come up with a visual way of representing like this particular feature is for the checkout platform. This feature works on the platform or on your checkout. Like on the pricing page, it's easy. Right? I feel pricing like page, um, one plan is like on your checkout and the other one is on ours, but the other pages are trickier. I've dealt with this a little bit before and I've seen it done a bunch of ways. And I think where, where I end up coming to is that visitors to the website are going to find their own path to what they need. And it's going to look different from one visitor to the next. Mm-hmm. And so in, so in your case, you know, you've got the marketing tools and the, and the, and the platform features or whatever terminology you use. There can be like two different ways to communicate that. And I think probably both can't, should work on the website. So like one way would be like solutions. Do, do you want our marketing solutions mm-hmm. or the full checkout solution? So somebody might be fe- might be more feature focused. So they're gonna open up the solutions dropdown and, and, and navigate to the solutions page for each of those. Or the other way to do it would be users. Like, use, like, like who are you? Hey, I'm, I'm a big enterprise. Okay, so I, or like, like, like marketing. I'm, I'm, I'm buying for a big enterprise organization. So like uh, a rally for enterprise and then a, a page for like a uh, rally for marketers. And that that's showing the marketing tools. And those are like dedicated pages that speak to somebody, somebody's clicking around and, and they, you want every click that they choose to click on to be like, okay, I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer to what I want. Down. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but like, you know, and like, those are like two different paths, but they both lead to the same end point, you know? Um, yes, we do have that advantage where the endpoint is a c- communication with us. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing. Is like even once you get to the pricing page and the sign up, like even if that like you don't have to entries. you don't have to make the make them make any decisions right there. All you need to is is them to get the demo. You know, that, and, that's right. You really just need to communicate that you do have the option. Yeah. Of getting this without switching your checkout, and that's enough to get in touch. Where. Yeah, that, when when people reach out to us, they usually reference something from the site or from some form of information uh, that they got, and they say, I, "I'm interested in that," or "I read that and I want to know more," or "I heard mm-hmm. that you can do X." Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to become a bit less precious on it because it really it shouldn't take it shouldn't take as long as the, I, I know it. Also, I know to me, no, and no I think this this takes more time of of gauging uh, the rollout of of these marketing tools for you to see how they how they resonate, but it's, it sounds super promising to me. So I could sort of see a world where you start to really lean in to the, to the marketing tools as like, that's the thing. It's a wedge, you know, um, it's like, a, and, yeah. and if, if that, if that is truly the thing that like sells and, and you can still have the expansion strategy for mm-hmm. after they're in, in, they can expand to the full thing. But like, then it's like, okay, we can really gear the homepage rally.com to or rally on to, to, mm-hmm. uh, to the marketing tools, like lead with that. And then yeah, there's, that's there's, why there's I more once you, once you go deeper, but lead yeah, with that. I feel you know? lucky that we're, I'm in the middle of, of it right now. And like by the end of this month, we'll have the new site up and running and it'll be accurate as opposed to coming up with this and then having mm-hmm. to restart everything. Um, it's also yeah. like, we're again, like, like kind of, finding ways to open those, open your mind, open those doors. Like it's mm-hmm. worth like just write a homepage as if you're only selling the marketing tools. Just, it, it might seem too extreme, but like, just, just write it just to get it out and just to see, and then, and then maybe backtrack a little bit, but like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a good exercise to just say like, what if this thing looked like this, just go through that and then maybe do a different version, you know? Yeah. It is a, is a bit paralyzing to try to be like, how do you do everything at once? And, I, the biggest challenge we've had and the, the challenge I'm putting to individual people on the team, some of the people on the team are just finding out about this this week because mm-hmm. when we looked into it, it was the middle of December and people were starting to head out. I struggled with I that too. I didn't want to confuse them. Like, yeah, like so, doing all this work up front to like strategize and make all these decisions and then like, oh, I, I haven't 
told any of any of my team about this and then I just like drop it on them. It's like, oh. yes. So yes. Yeah, so some of it feels a bit crazy and trying to look, we, okay, here's an example of an assumption that we need to challenge. One of our assumptions is that the bigger the merchant, the more complicated the sale. And when we think about a $500 million a year merchant, we look at that as very attractive for the checkout product, but also very high risk because onboarding is a three month endeavor and negotiations and getting the deal done is like a six to 12 month thing. That might not be true at all with this version of the, of the sales process where a $500 million year merchant is still the same like one day onboarding as a $20 million year merchant. And so while we assumed, hey, we, we don't want to exclusively go after big merchants because that's too risky, that assumption might no longer hold. So the people who have been around the longest are actually in the most danger of making the wrong assumptions. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll probably aim to get a few beta merchants on board as soon as possible before we make any big crazy changes in our approach and our messaging and, and, and all, all that. Good stuff, man. I'm psyched for you. Yeah. Do, do you see something similar in your world in terms of like an entry point? Uh, like the first product to um, interact with? Um, with Clarity Flow, they, uh, I, I do have multiple entry points, I think, in terms of what they resonate with first. It, we are selling it as one big product and you just choose which plan you want, okay. that, which include, mm -hmm. and mo most of them go to that middle plan, which basically gives you everything. The, the upper plan is like just a little bit more unlimited, but um it, like I think I think we have shifted from people coming just for uh, async communication. That's that's what it was sort of earlier in the year and in the zip message days. And now people are like, they do need the async communication, but they are coming a lot for courses. Like they have courses that they need to deploy. They have uh, coaching groups. Usually they, they refer to them as cohorts. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, so that's been a really popular feature so far is like coaches who, who coach groups and, and those groups receive a combination of, of self-serve, like course-like content and personalized coaching, but organized in these like self-contained cohort private groups with like 10, 20 members in them each, um, that they're, they're already doing that sort of thing on other platforms, but those other platforms really lack the communication stuff that we give with, with video async, uh, mobile app, like all, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, and then as like a set, so that's like, they, they're, they're trying to put that puzzle together and that's what leads them to us or resonates when, when we send them a cold email or something like that. But then after they're like, Ooh, that's, that's cool. That checks all my boxes there. That the next logical question that they need to get over is like, but how do I take the money? How do I sell? Mm -hmm. And that's where commerce comes in, you know? Um, and that, and, and I, I really believe that that was a blocker for not all of them. We had customers before we launched co uh, commerce, but it, it, it was a blocker for them to like th actually look hard at like canceling the other platform that they're paying for that, where they take money, you know, and doing that instead with us. Like that's, so that that's why I'm really excited about like Q1 here for for uh, Clarity Flow is because like have, we we really yeah. check all the boxes that yeah. they actually need. Um, yeah. So, well, we I mean, but you know, it's still that, that. it's still that challenge of like just because we shipped it does not mean it's done. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we do, we do get people churning still where it's like ah it it checks those boxes, but there was some friction here or it didn't work the way I expected over there. And oh, I was just missing th this little thing over here. And so, you know, now, now it's a, a, a lot like a long list of small improvements game, but the, but the big meat and potatoes, they're all there now, you know? Well, we've been watching you work on it. So congrats on getting it launched. Feels good. And, uh, Feels good. Yeah. Let, let's have a good start to the year. Yes, sir. All right. All right, Great folks. See you. Cheers. Later, folks.